0: very grateful to be joined with todd sloan Um, my guest on the episode today todd is a real estate agent based in SA. he's also an author he's a podcast host of the podcast pizza and property i don't want to get that wrong given that i was on that (laughs) podcast (laughs) that would be very embarrassing Um, and overall nice guy you know Um, I think everyone listens to The Property Couch. He's been on The Property Couch. He's really credible, nice guy. And in this video, I want you guys to watch because in this episode, we'll be talking about how to effectively befriend, uh, not in a manipulative way, but how to befriend a real estate agent. I know so many of you who are missing out on properties, who are not having your offers presented to the vendor, you think real estate agents are out there to get you, that you think perhaps that you know they're all second or used car salesmen, that they're really hard to deal with, they're selfish. These are all stereotypes. Not all real estate agents are like this. And in the next 10 minutes, we'll be unpacking how you can actually befriend a real estate agent, the tips and tricks to get on their right side and just develop a human connection so that you can get off-market opportunities, so that you can buy under market, so that you can get pretty fantastic investment properties.
1: Do you want to achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? pk gupta host of oz property investment mastery will help you achieve passive income by buying top five percent growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research spending weekends at inspections or dropping ten to twenty thousand dollars on buyers agents each time so if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start then this show is for you
0: so hopefully that intro was enticing enough for you guys to listen on. Thank you so much, Todd, for for making the time.
1: Thanks for having me here. Absolute pleasure to have a chat.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So um, maybe, you know, instead of me doing another rant, why don't you just tell us um, a little bit about your real estate background? Now, guys, this is not a buyer's agent, not a property. Todd has nothing to sell us, right? So it's just a nice guy. Maybe just a little bit of background talk.
1: Apart from all the houses that I sell. I'll I'll quite happily say that. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I, I hear what you're saying, I, I don't have like a, a second agenda with this. So I, I love chatting about property. Property investing is something that's been a passion for a long time. It's something that I've really only taken seriously probably in the past four years. But as far as being an agent, I've been an agent since 2015. So I actually got into it sort of actually more so out of I needed a career change long story short I, ha- I used to be a diamond driller I had an accident on a drill rig couldn't walk properly for about four years wasn't allowed back on the rigs ended up um, sh- switching careers into to real estate sales and I I didn't want to actually do it to begin with because of the way that you were describing like the way a lot of people perceive agents it was exactly my perception mm-hmm. I just thought all all agents were numpties and I had some bad experiences and my dad was actually the one that was like well why don't you just not be a numpty just kind of <laughs> treat others the way you want to be treated. And it seems to just be working really. So on the the real estate sales side of things, i have been doing this for almost seven years now, I think coming up for seven years and yeah, just really, really enjoy the job. It's, That's,
0: it's, it's good to know that there's normal people as real estate agents. I mean, we, we know it, but it's just good to put a face to it as well. So Matt, let me ask you the hard questions. The first question that I, that I want to ask is, you know negotiation yeah a mm-hmm. lot of my clients or even those uh, in my audience that are listening who aren't clients you know they're not confident yet on how to negotiate they think that it's really hard to speak with a real estate agent they think the real estate agent is out to get them that everything they say is a fib is has got an agenda how is it the best or how best can people approach a real estate agent let's say they found a property they're not really sure about what would be the winning bid, what would be the winning price, how much they actually need to put on offer to get the property.
1: How should they sort of approach that when they make that first phone call to you? Okay, well, for starters, an agent does have an agenda. and, And I think this is one of the reasons why it's so easy to hate an agent, because especially in a boom time, because our job is to get the best possible outcome for the vendor. Most of the time that's price, but sometimes that's also got to do with terms, settlement length, things like that as well. So you don't want to forget about those. But realistically, only one person on the buying side is actually going to be like, yay, I got this. Everyone else is going to be going, oh, I missed that again, that bloody agent. They didn't do this. So we're easy to hate. And and, and I understand that. But one of the, the best tips I think I can really give with this is if you can, once you've already started talking with the agent, do your best to try and get the last phone call. Because there's a lot of power in that. If you can actually understand when the agent is going to sit down with the vendors and if they say, look, well, thanks, PK. I really appreciate your offer, mate. Um, now, I'm not actually going to be sitting down with the vendors until Tuesday night. I'm going to be chatting with them about six o'clock. Try and get on the phone at 545 with them. Because sometimes it is that absolute last minute conversation that you can have. And I'm just kind of sort of skipping forward a little bit here because yeah. you want to build the rapport first as well. But that last minute conversation to then go, oh, look, PK, thanks for your offer, mate. But yeah, someone else has just jumped in and they've, they've beaten you to it, which gives you the opportunity to then go, well, hold on a sec, Todd, how much have they beat me to it? Or well, what's actually going on with this? Is there anything else that I can change? Because in a booming market now, securing a bargain is not happening. It's about securing the deal. That's, that's really what you're, you're wanting to, to get. That's the win right now. So if you can be that last phone call, that's a massive step up. Right.
0: That's a really interesting one. So that the last phone call. <clears throat> and how about, you referred to it before, how about the first phone call? How do we build a rapport without kind of coming across as, you know, like obviously buyers, we have an agenda as well. We're not yep. here to make a lifelong friend with you, Todd, or at least most people aren't. Um, yeah, how do we come across as genuine? What should we do on that first phone call? Because I think most people, they'll probably be like, oh, hey, Todd, what do you reckon this will sell for? All right, thanks, mate. Catch you later. Um, like, what should, what should be the questions, comments? What, how does that conversation should work?
1: So you want to just try and have a genuine conversation with people, but one of the most like, easiest things to do, use the agent's name. The amount of people that will call me up or text me and literally just text the word price. And it's like, okay, cool. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and, and it's so easy to, to forget that you're in like a, a business transaction, but there's a person on the other end of that. The exact same way that that buyer is a person, but the agent is also a person as well. And the difference when someone actually calls up and goes, and let's say you're the agent PK. And if I'm like, oh, I could have PK. How you going, mate? Oh, I, I see you've got a listing at 123 Fake Street. And you're like, yeah, 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 I got that listing. Oh, cool. How's it all going? If you're actually having a chat first, And I haven't just called you up and said, oh yeah, uh, one, two, three, fake street. How much do you want for it? Yeah. Like straight away. It's just getting people offside as people, not as agents and buyers, but remember that the agent is a person. That's one of the best things that you can do to begin with. The next thing you want to really do is make sure that you're actually coming across as the easy option. If you start talking about how complicated things are getting and I'm, I'm looking at getting my, my finance approval soon, soon as you say that, (laughs) <laughs> an agent won't ever say it but it's like you may as well just like hang up the phone then it's it's everything's gone in this market offers that don't have approvals just aren't being taken seriously because there's another 20 next door that that are all ready to go but if you can really show someone that i've got my finance in order i know what i want i know where i want it i'm, I'm ready to go and you're a personable sort of friendly person fantastic you, you're so much ahead of the rest of the pack
0: And do your clients, uh, so do sellers or vendors, do they ask you, um, PK put this offer in? Who is PK? What does he do for a living? Or how is he like a person? Or do you just present five offers, the numbers and the terms? Is
1: there a personality behind it that they care about? It depends on the vendor. So some, yes, it it does. I think you and I have even talked about this story off off air once before where this is going back before the boom. So this is probably about 2017-ish. And I remember there was this uh, property that I was selling and we got a fantastic result for it. Realistically, it should have been in like the low fours and we got a four, I think it was a 450 or 460. She realized about a day after that that she'd paid way too much and she called off. But then the vendors were like well no you've done 460 before you can do it again it's like well actually that was crazy and it kind of educated them a bit too high Mm -hmm. anyway it it went on for for six weeks or so we had this one family that was really really interested and she ended up writing a letter and like a proper like detailed like me and my family my wife and kids and blah 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 blah. was there my husband and kids and she she um, actually gave it into the office handwritten it was about four pages and said can you please just give this to the vendors we really really want to live there they had an offer let's just say it was 410 it was like a reasonable offer it wasn't knocking their socks off but realistically that that was still a good result but because their comparison was so much higher they didn't feel it was yeah i gave them the letter and just said look i've just been given this can you just read it you do what you want to do but i've been told to give it to you so i'm just the messenger in between he calls me up after he reads it and his first thing was he's like did you write this i'm like no i did not write this <laughs> But yeah, and he's just like, this This is beautiful. My wife was crying when she read it because it was a family home and they just wanted to know it was going to go to someone else that loved it, which ended up being more important than the money for them. Now, is that going to happen every time? No, don't go writing letters with every single offer you're putting in, okay? Because you're going to be wasting a lot of your time right now. Yeah. But my, my point in saying that is, again, it comes back to the whole people of people. If it does come down to that final crux of it, and let's say there's two people sitting there and both offers a, let's say 1.2, and then all of a sudden you, the vendor's got to make a choice. They're identical in every other way. Then yes, it does come down to, well, Todd, what did you think of these people? Were these people pretty nice? Were they were they really difficult to deal with? Did they maybe going to make the settlement really hard? And that's when all of those little bits of the, the conversation you have with the agent along the way, they all start coming up. And if you've done it right, work for you. If you've done it wrong, work against you. Yeah,
0: that, that that's phenomenal because I don't think anyone really talks about that. You know, you don't hear this side of call it negotiation or call it whatever you want. You don't hear these softer skills articulated as well as you've just done it kind of reminds me of like road rage like someone cuts you off in you know in the front of you and you, yeah. you, know, you give them a finger or something but it's because you can't see them it's impersonal but if you saw that there was a mother with two children that were crying and they needed to take them to kindy she needed to take them to kindy you'd be like you'd have a softer heart you'd be like you know what you're having a tough time i, I don't blame you you know it's so just on. about building that personalism which is really important it kind of comes down to well the other thing you said as well How easy is settlement going to be, you know, getting the the contract or the property under contract is one thing, but how easy is it going to be to deal with these people through the conditional period, all the way through settlement, you said one thing before that I'll just echo and ask you to elaborate, Mm -hmm. you know, one reason why agents sometimes prefer buyer's agents, and I know people will be flabbergasted that I'm talking about this on on this channel, is because buyer's agents, more or less, are quite organized. You know, agents know that this person is going to be very organized in how they deal with me, so I'm going to work with them, right? How can you recommend, Todd, that just a normal people that aren't going through a buyer's agent, um, how can they be organized? Oh, how can they impress you enough so that you're like, you know what? I know there's a buyer's agent knocking at my door for this property, but I like this other person. They're organized. They're ready to go. I'm going to give it to them. Like what would need to happen for you to entertain that
1: thought? So first of all, you'd need to know money was in order. So coming back to the the basics of that. And you also need to know that when you start seeing lots of signs of umming and ahring. Oh, yeah, I'm not too sure. It's it's a really old school negotiation tactic. I, I quite often see this when uh, dad comes and helps the kids buy their first home. And he's like closing all of the cupboards in the kitchen really loudly and oh, oh, shaking his head. And it's because he wants to come over and tell you how everything needs to be fixed. And that's his style of trying to like get the price down and negotiate. If you do stuff like that, not not saying that you would, but if you did, then you're just going to come across as difficult. So if you take all of those kinds of old school, I I refer to them as like the 1980s ways of negotiating, you take all of that off the the table, that's already going to put you in a really good stead because when we deal with a buyer's agent, they're going to say, look, these are the parameters. This is what I'm looking for. I've got a client that needs to hit X, Y, and Z. This product fits X, Y, and Z. But what are your vendors looking for? It's it's a very B2B transaction. Like I, I just recently sold a development site going back about six weeks ago. And, and it was the, the biggest sale of my career. And, and I remember dealing with these guys and it was just like it was nothing to them. Like they they developed like tons of commercial properties, got a massive portfolio. And for, for them, though, it was so like, this is what we want. Can we pull this together? If we can't, okay, cool. Thanks for your time. It was just, it was all done. But yeah. if we can, fantastic, let's work together. You want to try and present yourself in that same... Same way, but I know I'm probably contradicting myself a little bit here because I'm talking about like being personable and building up that rapport, yeah. but balancing that with, I know what I want and what I want is really clear. If, if you're all wishy-washy with it, we don't get that feeling of this is going to come together because the thing that people don't see is if we sit down with an agent, not an agent, sorry, if we sit down with a vendor later on and we've recommended an offer and then all of a sudden the offer starts falling apart, who do you think gets yelled at? Like yep. who's, who's been thrown under the bus there? <laughs> it's your but, fault, isn't it? Correct. Everything. And this is one of the good and bad things about this industry is, is sometimes you get lucky and sometimes everything just falls into place. And it's like, wow, that was just amazing. And you really did only need to work like a week on that. But then I've had deals where I've literally worked for years and then they've fallen to pieces and yeah. you're the bad guy. Like You you get the, the rewards, but you get the punishment just the same way as well. And that's why you, you're really, really selective as to who you're actually going to confidently In front of a a vendor.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. So I think what I took away from that was be nice. Don't sacrifice, don't take shortcuts on being nice, but be Mm -hmm. clear at the same time. Hey, Todd, I found this property that I think you have listed. You know, it fits my criteria. It's more than 500 square meters. It's in the right place in this suburb. It's, you know, seems to be at the right type of price. I'm really interested. I have my finances ready to go. We'd be really keen to move ahead. You know, can we do this? That kind of conversation.
1: Fantastic. Are you free Thursday five o'clock? Let's get creepy.
0: <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I think the last thing I, I wanted to touch on as well, because so many of my um, clients have been buying properties where they haven't necessarily been the highest bidder. Mm. You know, they might've given their final offer at 380, whereas the agent has received offers in the 400s, but they still win the property. So let's talk about terms. There's price and there's terms. What are some of the, the big rocks in the jar, Todd, where, you know, your vendors or your clients, the sellers are saying, Todd, you know, even if we need to sacrifice 10K, 20K, 30K, you know, we're happy to take a lower offer. We just need this, 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 you know, to be ticked. What are those examples?
1: Right now, if you're buying something that's unoccupied, which is always a really good question to ask, is um, a longer settlement. Because a lot of the time people want it either really short or really long. Most of the time, the general public just always assumes the really short one is the best one. But like I've got some clients like right now, literally at the time of recording, I'm actually about to go and do an open there afterwards. It, they, they actually want like a 90 day plus because for them, they want to have like a, an easier way of packing everything up nice and slowly, finding the next place, all that kind of stuff. So if, if we had two offers side by side right now, chances are, even if it was a little bit less, they would probably pick that longer settlement. Yeah,
0: no, that, that's great advice. So longer settlement and, and there's so many other things that we can use. Maybe we'll cover them off on, mm-hmm. on another session. But that, that's just really golden advice. I think we sometimes assume that everyone knows this, but everyone doesn't. This isn't common knowledge in most property circles.
1: So that's why it's, it's so important to ask the question, because sometimes it is shorter, sometimes it's longer. But just ask the question, like, what are the vendors actually looking for for terms? I should have probably clarified that a bit too.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't assume. No, that, that's a good yeah. one. ask them the question see what they want try to what i always say is try to break down that wall of information asymmetry the Mm -hmm. agent the vendor know everything we the buyers know nothing try to build try try to break that wall down and so you can actually be on the same page um win-win situation um so so guys i hope that brought you value like obviously negotiation there's more to it than that but even that alone i know so many of you are going to go away implement it and actually be successful where you would have been unsuccessful before. I know this will happen because every time I do a video like this, so many of you message me saying thank you. So I really appreciate that feedback as well. Todd, um, shamelessly, and and Todd didn't want to do this, I kind of forced it on him, but he's an author, like I said at the start. Um, What is your book called and, and why should we read it? (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: called australia's home buying guide so this one realistically if you're looking at purchasing a property and it's written australia wide it, it goes through all of the steps in the process but written from an agent's point of view but i lift the hood on i'll send you a copy pk actually it just goes through all the steps in the process but the major thing though is the negotiation i think if you can really start understanding more of what not to say to an agent that is probably actually even more powerful than understanding what to say to an agent because yeah, removing foot and mouth, it can save you quite a lot of money in this game. Awesome, <laughs> cool.
0: Thank you, Todd, for, for making time. And guys, check out the Pete and Property podcast as well. I was on that, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Plenty of the other good people on that, including buyer's agents. I don't know why I'm glorifying <laughs> them in this episode. Uh, maybe because so many of them are my clients as well. But, you know, he's a good guy. Check him out. I wish you all the best. Remember, most important real estate is the six inches between your two ears. Good luck, catch you later, bye.